Next on BYU Sports Nation, WCC Tournament Game Day for BYU Basketball. Which team will show up today? The Gonzaga Gangbusters or the inconsistent head scratchers? You're going to lose all your hair in that case. Associate Head Coach Tim Lacombe discusses the Cougars' level of urgency and keys to victory versus LMU. Plus, Mackenzie Pulse for a BYU Women's Hoops joins us today after the Cougars pull off an 18-point comeback and win in overtime. It's March in Vegas. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live from Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Your day-to-day play-by-play presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning, March 4th. This is the place to get ready for game day. Wherever and however you're dialed in, we appreciate you making us part of your day. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with... WCC doppelganger expert, Jerem Jordan. Well, I missed on my first one. Um, Elijah Lee of Pepperdine as Elijah Wood. Three different people on Twitter were like, I don't see it at all. And yeah, I that thought, was a, that was a whiff. I was like, yeah, I'm with you. That's a ball. Then you went to uh, one that you know is yeah, really good. Elijah Bryant as The weekend. That one's easy. <laughs> and then I did Blaine Fowler as Willie the Wave. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, They're okay. Not similar at all either, so. But it's funny. So I guess one and a half out of three. <laughs> Yep. See, that's, yeah, I could be on a sitcom. They just play that track. Well, then you got uh, one of our former production assistants involved in that uh, whole movement, and he tweeted back at you and said, uh, bald Jerem Jordan as Lex Luthor. In Superman vs. Batman. Yes. Which I unfortunately thought was accurate. (laughs) Who's your doppelganger? Jude Law, I think, is your... I got, yeah, it it depends on the picture that you're comparing me to. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, 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 I don't know. And mine's... mine's, Zach Efron. No, I'm just <laughs> Mine's Michael Sarah. <laughs> or Zach Braff. Slash Zach Braff. Yes, yeah. from Scrubs. Yeah. That was the first one that I thought of, you know, a long time ago was Zach Braff. But, yeah, a lot of people yeah. think you look like Michael Sarah. Yeah. Sometimes I get the rock. You know what? It happens. Whatever. <laughs> Zach Efron. It, it happens. <laughs> Zach Efron Zach Efron's specifically like, in Baywatch. Yeah, he's a cut now, man. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. fun. Hey, uh, with the doppelganger theme going, we're feeling good. We're happy. Saturday, game day. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Number three seed BYU men's basketball opening the West Coast Conference Tournament against the six seed LMU for Eastern tip-off in the quarterfinals. Keep in mind, BYU beat LMU by five and eight points in the regular season matchups. Today's game, live on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. Check it out on the apps as well. Associate Head Coach Tim Lacombe will join us in a bit to preview the game for BYU as they open up things in Vegas. Yeah, it's fun to have that as the first game and on our air. So that's going to be great. That's coming up in just a couple of hours. Awesome. Two-seed women's basketball. If you missed this, you missed a heck of a game. BYU was down... 21 to 3 what to start the game and came back and beat 7 seed San Diego 75-66 in overtime. Cassie Broadhead player of the year led the Cougars with 22 points and hit this clutch 3 to send the game into overtime. Easy pulse first. 18 seconds to play. Broadhead gets the ball. They go to Pulsifer, set her up for a 3. No, double team there San Diego ready there but Broadhead's open for 3. Got it! Oh! One of the most clutch performances by a BYU athlete all season in any sport. Broadhead was not feeling 100%, lost a front tooth, 
last Saturday in the Gonzaga. Had to have oral surgery to replace that tooth, take care of it. That's affected her, okay, in her throat and her mouth and everything. She was not feeling great, yet she had 19 points in the second half in overtime. Unbelievable. That was awesome. Unbelievable. Player of the year. So BYU plays St. Mary's Monday in the semifinals. You can watch it on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. Senior guard Mackenzie Pulsifer will join us later in the program. Why wouldn't the player of the year step up like that in that moment, right? Man, she is a baller. She is a baller. That was well, awesome. And Kal- then there's Kalani Purcell, yes. who quietly had a huge game for BYU, and they needed every bit of it, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Kalani Purcell, there's nothing quiet about this. 20 points and 16 rebounds. Yeah, I said it in jest, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't, this is a serious program, though. I think we shy away from those ideas. <laughs> what a game from BYU. Mackenzie Pulsifer missed three free throws in overtime after being fouled on the three. We'll talk to her and see if she missed those just to make it interesting. We're going to hold her feet to the fire on Who's that one. Who's the line on the game? <laughs> I have no idea. It is Las Vegas, right? It is Vegas. Right? <laughs> Jamal Williams participated in on-field workouts at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana yesterday. He posted a 4.59 in the 40-yard dash. 30-inch vertical jump, and a broad jump of 123 inches. Today, Williams will continue those on-field workouts while linebacker Harvey Longy will perform on the bench press and conduct his interviews with different team officials. 4-5-9. I don't think Jamal helped himself with that. I don't it, think he hurt no, himself, though. No. It's it's fine. It's not... I mean, he. I think he is what he is, right? He didn't, he didn't do anything crazy to help or hurt himself. I th- still think he's a day-two pick. Third or fourth round, probably. He will run you over. Okay, he's shifty, smart, yeah. good, good blocker. Like good NFL man. running backs in, in this day and age don't need to be four three guys. Those are wide receivers, right? Four three is nuts. No one ran a four three. The four four was the best. Yeah, four four is wide receiver speed. Okay? Leonard Fournette ran a four five by comparison. Okay, there you go. And then third ranked men's volleyball beat Cal Baptist in four sets last night, despite rotation gate. Uh, in the Smithfield House, the Cougars had 11 aces. Wow. Including a career-high five from Jake Langlois. BYU doesn't play tonight. They play at Pepperdine next week. Shout-out to uh, Sean Olmstead, the head coach. Hashtag rotations, right? Yeah. <laughs> Make it clear in writing. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Gonzaga gangbusters. Or inconsistent head scratchers. This has been a team that's been interesting that uh, when they start feeling good about themselves, uh, we've kind of gone off um, on a different path and haven't been as, as good as sharp as we need to be the next time out. We need to be sharp now or it's, uh, there's no more games. Yeah, now or never, Dave Rose coaching the youngest BYU basketball team he has ever encountered. which Maybe also ever in BYU history. It also happens to be one of the most talented in terms of the stars they had coming out of high school and all the hype, right? I haven't heard this before. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. Oh, welcome no. to the program. Oh, okay. Okay. It Thanks. only took 930-some-odd shows for you uh, to join that uh, movement. I still haven't joined the program, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Dave Rose coaching a very young team is the bottom line. And when you have that dynamic in a team, it's not shocking that they're going to go through a spectrum of inconsistency. And we've seen everything from this BYU basketball team, from that legendary, thrilling, improbable win to ruin senior night against number one-ranked Gonzaga in Spokane 
to a home loss against Utah Valley and inexplicable road losses to Pepperdine and San Diego, right? So with that in mind, let's roll out today's Twitter question. Which BYU basketball team will show up today against LMU? Which one? Probably somewhere in between UVU and Gonzaga, right? Use the hashtag BYUSN at BRoyalBlueCook, the men's basketball team. If the tennis team shows up, again, that could be a problem. Which team do you, you think? Yeah, man. Which yeah. team do you hey, think will show up? How did that make it past the goalie? Come on, I don't that's know. That's the first. Tweet. That, that's the. Yeah, do we have to have that as Sarcastic the first tweet? level ten <laughs> to start? Okay, my answer to this is somewhere in between. I I think BYU could start slow today. I think emo- it's been a week. I think emotionally, uh, that was incredible to beat Gonzaga. Dave Rose said, "Hey, we don't have the urgency we need." for a tournament like this that it demands on Wednesday. So I think I, I can see a slow start from BYU, but I think BYU pulls ahead late in the second half. This is the first time that BYU basketball will see the floor today. Okay? They have not had and LMU. any practice time, nor has LMU. But BYU uh, has struggled away from home and, and in the first half generally. But have won three in a row on the road. So I expect, like you Kind of a weird slow start. Jitters, some nerves. You know what this means now? What? BYU will jump out 12-2. Well, hey, then so be it. Let's keep going that, along this line, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I think that BYU will trail 20 to nothing at the beginning of the year. No, I, I think that it's natural for a team coming off that emotional win to come into a neutral yeah. court where yeah. they haven't spent a lot of time. Both teams might struggle shooting the ball early. It'll be a little bit ugly. There'll be some turnovers. And I think it'll be kind of close and competitive early on. But as the game goes on, I, I anticipate the BYU basketball will pick up the trend where they were playing in Portland and in San Francisco and at yeah, Gonzaga, I, and things will get better. I think BYU's in a great place with the way they played on the road. Confidence is a big issue with young teams. BYU has a lot of that. I think that this will be an important game. This Today's game is very important for the, a potential semifinal Monday. BYU needs some rest. BYU needs to be able to win the game, period, but it'd be nice if BYU won handily so that there could be some rest for the guys at the end of the game because BYU doesn't have much of a scoring bench at this point. The bench is doing other things, but the bench needs to be able to bring it today. It'd be nice if this game was similar to a Portlandish kind of game last Thursday. Yeah, I just think that's asking a lot. It is. It's asking too much. I think it's asking a lot. I can just say whatever. Yes, you can. It's what's trending. In fact, you've heard all of our initial logic in response to today's Twitter question, and some of that, understandably, has bled over into our going for two picks. Can you predict the future? No. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. I'm running out of time. I got to catch up. There's potentially two games left in the season. I mean, there could be a lot more, too, but it's a minimum, too, at this point. Well, I should count on the least amount and just make my move right now, right? Make your move. Okay. Pre- prepare for the Lightning worst, hope McQueen. for the best. Yes. Ka-chow! 34 and 44 overall. Jerem is 36 and 42 overall, so plus two. My number one pick today, BYU will lead by six points or less okay. at halftime. That's what you're talking about. Yes. Close one, first half. Absolutely. And it's been close in both, well, not really in the first game. Uh, but I expect this game to kind of be like the one we saw in Provo, where it was relatively close the entire game. And uh, you kept that close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I expect that that type of uh, dynamic today on the floor at the Orleans Arena. Six points or less at half, BYU will lead. Number two, BYU 
will have 13 turnovers or less. LMU is wow. forcing 15 a game, and they have had great success against BYU forcing turnovers. Because of that emphasis and the way that the coaches have prepared on the BYU side, I think that they will try really hard to take extra good care of the ball today and slow things down a bit. Okay, both games have been decided by 5 and 8. So I say BYU wins by 9+. plus. Okay, uh, Eight-point favorite for BYU. So I think the BYU will win by 9+. plus. Okay. Number two, BYU make at least 19 free throws. That's been a key in playing LMU is be able to get to the stripe, be able to make a bunch of free throws. BYU averages 18 and a half. This season. So yeah. I've got night will make 19 free throws. That one's going to happen. Yeah. I think that one will happen today. Yeah. The LMU is a tough matchup for BYU. There's a reason both these games are single digit games. Long, athletic, they can shoot it, they have some size. I wouldn't say they're the most skilled at any particular position. They don't have a first team all conference guy on this team, but I think that it, it is made up of a bunch of really uh, solid, good players that could come out hungry. It's. It's dangerous in a tournament like this to undervalue anybody because it's one and done, right? This isn't a best-of-seven series with LMU. The better team always wins best-of-seven, but the better team doesn't always win best-of-one. That's the beauty of college basketball. That's why BYU can go into Spokane and knock off the number one previously unbeaten team, right? It's one game. That's right. BYU wins one, maybe two of ten, but that was the night. That was the night. Love it. Love it. What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals, offering commercial and residential high-lift equipment at more than 80 locations nationwide. We'll keep it going on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Which BYU basketball team do you expect to show up today against LMU? At Stephen K underscore Med 13 says, I expect the version we've seen lately that doesn't force poor shots as often and has fun on the floor. That's been a key fun to the success on the road. Threes. Senior grad Mackenzie Pulsifer will join us to talk about that comeback win. But next, it's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. Which team does he expect to show up at the Orleans Arena today? Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation. Continues live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And by now, you should know, the hashtag BYUSN is what we do. That's how we do it, especially on a game day. Yeah, and uh, the game is today at 4 Eastern time. Uh, BYU-LMU, the quarterfinals. We, we've done how many games? Eight games. We haven't seen the BYU men play. So it's time, man. Game nine on BYU TV ends up being the first men's game uh, for Eastern time. Then Santa Clara-San Francisco. We have a doubleheader as well, so... Hang out for that. Yeah, compelling games coming up on BYU TV. Our Twitter question And today, BYU Radio. Which BYU team do you expect to show up today against LMU? Because we have seen quite a few versions of this BYU basketball team. Joining us now to discuss that very topic is Greg Rebell. Greg, welcome to uh, Hello, Greg. The, the set high above the Orleans floor. Last time we did this in this setting, Jordan's... Jerem's head looked like mine. Yeah. <laughs> we looked good. It was a couple of years ago. He had bet that he would shave his head if BYU won at Gonzaga, which I think ended the regular season. Uh-huh. And they did that to end the regular season. And we came here, and he was looking like me. Yeah. And, and that was the first of three in a row in Spokane, which is absolutely insane. You look great, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah. Very sharp. It's game yeah, day. Very, yeah, yeah, it's game day. Sharp. You're ready to go. You're ready yes. to go. So, yeah, everyone else in the West Coast Conference just you know hopes and prays to win a game in Spokane at some time in their program history. And here's BYU doing it uh, three years in a row. It's a pretty remarkable thing. It's pretty And wild. it shows. It shows yeah. that if you can do that, you can do anything. Yes. And so why not win uh, three times in Las Vegas? 
Why not? Yeah, yeah. Th- and that's the question we'll broach here. Our, our Twitter question: Which BYU men's basketball team do you expect to to see today versus LMU? What do you What do you think? Because it's been a week since Gonzaga. Dave Rose Wednesday was saying, "Hey, I haven't seen the urgency in practice that we needed this tournament." But what do you expect from BYU today? I expect quarterfinal BYU, which is a good team. They've won their they've they're four and one I think in the quarters here uh, in Las Vegas, and so they, they they tend to get through that that first test pretty well. And then actually they're undefeated in the semifinals as well. Uh, they just tend to have trouble in that championship game uh, against Gonzaga or whenever they do see Gonzaga here in Las Vegas. They do well against pretty much everyone else uh, in this conference in Las Vegas. And so yeah, I'm looking for quarterfinal BYU today, which would be a good team. And, and it's, it's a weird deal. Um, Coach Rose will tell you the toughest game of any tournament is the first game of any tournament. And it's an early game, too. The first one out, how does everyone react? And, uh, you know, whether it's Mountain West Conference days, West Coast Conference days, we've seen BYU kind of have that early tip, that early setting. And sometimes it's a, it's a first game jitters thing. And particularly with a BYU team that doesn't have a lot of tournament experience, it's an interesting contrast with LMU. LMU starts all juniors and seniors. And BYU starts all freshmen and sophomores. <laughs> and, and so while LMU, you know, doesn't have as good a record and, and had the struggles they had, you know, there are some interesting elements that provide contrast today uh, with BYU. In addition to the fact they played BYU pretty well in the two games. Of course, had them down 18 in L.A. Down 18 seems to be the big number this weekend. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. Down 18 in L.A. before BYU wins. And then uh, the game in Provo was a single-digit game. And, and that's kind of how LMU plays everybody. More than half their games this year are single-digit games. Eleven of them were one-possession games. Seven of them were one-point games. That's all they know how to do. And so if it's a tight game with BYU, we, we won't be surprised. Now, it would seem that going into this tournament, I mean, after today, BYU's the obvious favorite against LMU, but not expected to win in the semifinals in a you know hypothetical matchup with St. Mary's. Which has never happened Which before never happened. in Las Vegas. Crazy. Go figure. BYU, BYU and St. Mary's are pretty much always top three, top tier, certainly, and they've never met in Las Vegas. They've been projected to a couple of times, and something weird has happened. Either BYU loses early or St. Mary's loses early, or they end up on the opposite sides of the bracket for whatever reason. So they've never played St. Mary's here in Las Vegas, which, considering how you've got the top three, the power trio, you'd think that there would have been some triangulation somewhere. there somewhere, because you've played Gonzaga four times yeah. and St. Mary's zero yeah. times. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens if BYU can get past uh, LMU today and maybe get to that matchup with St. Mary's, but they won't be expected to win that. They're certainly not expected to win the championship down here. So what kind of an attitude do you feel like BYU has overall in this tournament? Because it was the it was the hey, let's just go out and put some pressure on Gonzaga. It'll get weird if we're close within 10 minutes and and it did. Does that carry down here from what they had in Spokane? Well, I think the approach can be similar and that is, you know, why not us? Uh, we, we, we've gone into Spokane. We've beaten the number one team on its home floor. If you can do that, who says you can't win three neutral court games here in Las Vegas? Where you've, generally speaking, you know, played pretty well over the years. I, I really do think that, that the Gonzaga win kind of sets the bar. Once you've accomplished that, and once you've done it three years in a row, you're a team and a program capable of doing some pretty good things. Now, can you string it together over three games in, in four days? Um, they shouldn't be afraid of anything or anybody at this point. It doesn't get more intense or hostile or imposing than the, num- the number one team 
on its home floor, leading 18 to two, and the, and the roof going, you know, getting blown <laughs> off. It was it was wild, and and to battle back from that says a lot about you as a team, as coach, players, program, and uh, you know, we, we keep you know the, 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 we keep ticking off the years, right? Now it's 16 years since BYU last won uh, a conference tournament in Las Vegas, and and there's always that hope every year was well, maybe this is the year, and why? And I think again, the Gonzaga win gives everyone that 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 why mm. coming into Vegas this time. This is the least likely year to do it, and in, in the past several years. So that, it makes sense to do it this year, right? Why may, not this but year? Maybe yeah. it would happen, right? Which is crazy. My biggest concern with trying to win three games in four days is the lack of points from the bench. The bench is producing in other ways, but it's tough to ask, okay, those five, can three of you bring it every night and can we avoid foul trouble? Is that, is that a concern to you, uh, three games in four days? In the first game in particular, the, the bench scoring is interesting because uh, this year against LMU, the Cougars scored. Uh, the Cougar starters scored 89. percent And so, in the two games against LNU, the starters scored 89. The current five guys scored 89 percent of BYU's points. Mm-hmm. The LMU starters scored 66 percent of their points. Mike Dunlap's bench goes a lot deeper, and and, and for a lot of good reasons, foul trouble being primarily among them uh, against BYU. They fouled BYU 53 times in two games. He the needed one in those was guys. Crazy, yeah. yeah, and a ton of free throws were taken. That's really how BYU goes 2 and 0 against LMU this year. Is all the fouls. LMU committed and all the free throws BYU took. There's an 11% disparity between LMU's free throw percentage and BYU's free throw percentage. That's a pretty big number. Then you go to the fact that LMU almost hardly shoots free throws or relies on free throws at all. And that's kind of BYU's um, that's that's kind of BYU's wheelhouse situation. If if BYU is getting to the foul line, that's going to bode well. LMU actually made more shots from the field against BYU in the two games this year. They outshot BYU in terms of total field goals this year, but it was BYU at the free throw line doing all the damage needed to get those two wins. And, and so, yeah, you, you want to see how many, how many of Mike Dunlap's guys are, is he having to play uh, because of foul trouble and how often are those fouls turning into BYU free throws. But, yeah, I think if you were to look at three days over a four-game scenario, yeah, bench depth would be a concern, a natural concern, just because of how much is coming from those those starting five. Dave Rose said this week, we need to have more guys playing well. He said, your, your best guys have to play well, certainly, but we need more guys playing well. And I think they had, what, uh, 24 bench points in the past weekend, Portland, Gonzaga? Hey. Uh, you'll take that over yeah. six over the previous three, right? So, yeah, it, it's a start and an indication that, that the talent is still there to contribute as needed, and I think BYU will need it, clearly, to try and win three and four. And Greg Rafael, uh the voice of the Cougars, you listen to him today on BYU on the BYU Radio app and on BYU Radio. Yeah, and playing well is the key. I, I've been talking about they don't have to score points per se, but they need to do what happened in Gonzaga, which there weren't a ton of bench points in Gonzaga, but they played well off the bench. Two of the three, two of the top three plus-minus guys in Spokane, Corbin Kafusi, Davin Gwynn. Davin, Corbin was top, rebounds. Cor- yeah. Corbin was tops in plus-minus. Uh, Nick Emery was second. Davin Gwynn was third. Okay, so when they were on the floor, were good things happening? Absolutely. They didn't need to score a ton of points, although the points Corbin scored early and late were huge in this game, as it turned out. But they were contributing to the overall good of the group. When those two guys were on the floor, good things were happening. Big plus minuses for those two bench guys. I think the Kafusi family has collectively become public enemy number one in Spokane after all that has happened. Nick Emery's 2-0 <laughs> oh as well. I want to point yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. As a general sports broadcasting media, we like to profile impact players. Everybody that is on the outside is going to look at Eric Mika and say, well, obviously he's the impact player. He's been Mr. Consistency. 20 points, roughly nine rebounds a game. We expect him to bring it each and every game because he has been so good consistently. 
Which other player besides Eric Mika do you feel like needs to step up for BYU to have success down here in Las Vegas? Well, I think the player that keyed the Cougars' late-season run is Elijah Bryant. But the X-Factor guy, when he's doing well, BYU will do well as Nick Emery. Nick didn't have a huge day at Gonzaga, but it was, you know, the, the two th- threes he hits are massive in that game. But when he has a big game, uh, a 20-point-plus game, let's say, BYU's probably going to win that game. And, and so if Nick Emery can have, a, can have a breakout game, have one of those bigger nights, I think he's, he's the biggest bellwether for BYU. Like you said, Eric Meeke, you're going to count on game in, game out. What is he, like 32 straight games, double-figure scoring, going back to his freshman year. And Elijah has been big, 39 points last week at Portland. But when Nick is on, I think good things are bound to happen. And even though he wasn't really on, on, quote unquote, at the kennel, the shots he hit, you know, end up kind of, you know, almost, uh, uh, you know, making it to where BYU can can win that game. And the year before in Spokane, I think he had one field goal the whole night, but it was the big three that put yeah. him up late or gave him the lead late <laughs> in Spokane as well. So Nick's kind of been that guy. If he's if he's good, BYU's likely going to be good too. Yeah, he has no guile. You got to love Nick Emery. Why wouldn't Gonzaga win this tournament? What? How do you see it maybe playing out alternatively? Oh, well, you know. Uh, Having just had the veneer taken off uh, of the 29-0 and season last Saturday, uh, I'm not sure you'd call it a huge dent in the armor, but they do know that there's a team in this field that feels pretty confident when playing Gonzaga. And BYU's two wins away from getting that matchup once again. And so, you know, the, the, the alternate uh, reality might be one where Gonzaga faces up with their now nemesis uh, here in Las Vegas. Although they've handled BYU well here in this venue, it's clearly a team that uh, matches up well against the Zags and has a ton of confidence when facing them. And St. Mary's ends up being a tougher matchup for BYU than Gonzaga. So it's like, if you could just get to Tuesday and play one game... Now maybe you have a shot. Before this season, uh, BYU had, had, had played St. Mary's pretty even. Uh, I, think it, I think BYU might have even won three of the previous five meetings coming into this year before the St. Mary's sweep this season. So it hadn't been uh, you know, the biggest handcuff. But the, the, the two games, the way they turned out this year, I think BYU would have something to prove if they were to face up with the Gales on Monday night. I think, I, they would, I think they'd welcome it too, certainly. Yes. Uh, and interesting, the last time they were projected to meet in the second round, Portland ended up upsetting St. Mary's, and that's who St. Mary's has tonight, right? They get, they get the pilots, although they'd be in a much different situation relative to ex- expectations to win. But, you know, I mean, how exciting is it for the pilots, uh, having gone months without a conference win, to come in here last night and do what they did, and that's what March is all about. Yeah, happy for Terry Porter as a uh, old-school Blazers guy. That was fun to watch, and I saw you you uh, tweeted that out this, this morning, and, and, and I sent out another tweet that it never gets old to watch a team like that who has struggled so much have success, and you know, maybe they have an edge going in. It's just like, look, we're supposed to lose by 20-plus to St. Mary's. Let's just, let's just roll it out there and see what happens. I talked to their, uh, their assistant coach, Bob Cantu, in Portland before the BYU-Portland game, and he said, really, our objectives right now, we just want to get to Vegas and win a game. You know, that was their real objective, and they Jack. accomplished that. Now, yeah. not, not to say it wouldn't take another, but that's something that they can kind of hang their hat on and say, guys, in a rough season, we lose our, we lose our star, our captain, Alec Wintering, uh, and we found a way to give, give ourselves something positive uh, to, you know, to, to go into the offseason with. And so good for them. And, uh, yeah, BYU's got to get the white jersey thing going today because the white jerseys were 0-2 last night uh, here. <laughs> and so Let's go white jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the technicalities that we need to pay attention to. Really. Exactly. I, I sense that it's switching. Greg, it's, uh, it's great to have you with us. Uh, once again, you can listen to him, the voice of the Cougars, on BYU Radio, the BYU Radio apps. He will be on the call between uh, the Cougars and the Lions of LMU today. All right, man. Last time we did go. this on a game day, uh, we got a BYU football win over Wyoming. So let's uh, let's go two for two. Let's yes. party. No five-yard ha- Hail Marys today. I know that. <laughs> I think you'll have less rain on the set today. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
Which BYU team do you expect to show up today against LMU? That is our Twitter question today. More of those responses coming up. But first, Mackenzie Pulsifer of BYU Women's Hoops will explain that 18-point comeback win and the confidence she needed to make a three after going 0 for 5 from behind the arc. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. If you missed what we just talked about with Greg Rebell, we posed a Twitter question to him about uh, what he expects from the BYU team today. But not only that, the guy besides Eric Mika that he thinks needs to show up for BYU to have success in Las Vegas. And he's a stats guy, right? I mean, he has looked at all of those statistics, and he feels like one player besides Eric Mika can really make a difference for BYU. To hear who that is, download the podcast. Yeah, he's kind of our Billy Bean, you know, our Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. He's our money ball guy. Yeah. He knows, he knows, man. <laughs> hey, and uh, you can only always download the podcast, like you mentioned. You can always go to the BYU TV app. And uh, there's a DVR on that. You can rewind the show, go back within a show, which is awesome. Uh, you can go forward in time if you want. Does BYU win the West Coast? No, I'm just playing. Oh, but you can, you can go back. Come on, come on back, now. You can go back to the future. Hey, by the way, a new doppelganger came in for you. Uh, a guy from Depeche Mode. I think his name is Dave. Yeah, Dave Gahan. Yeah, from yeah. Uh, from yeah, Depeche Mode. Mode. <laughs> I don't. I don't quite have all the bangs flipped back just to the side, but yeah, I feel you. you tweeted that at Nevin. Uh, at, yeah, Nelson Wilson. Wilson. Yes. Yeah. That's, okay. That's well played. Right. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Three seed men's basketball opening West Coast Conference tournament played today against six seed LMU. Four Eastern in the quarterfinals. BYU won both matchups by single digits in the regular season. You can watch the game live on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. Associate head coach Tim Lacombe will join us to preview the game in just a little bit. Two-seed women's hoops came back down 18 points yesterday in the quarterfinals to beat seven-seed San Diego 75-66 in overtime. Cassie Broadhead led the Cougars with 22 points and hit a clutch three to send the game into OT. Easy pulse first. 18 seconds to play. Broadhead gets the ball. They go to Pulsifer, set her up for a three. No, double team there. San Diego ready, there but Broadhead's open for three. Got it! What a finish for BYU basketball after that big three to put it into overtime eventually. The ladies win by nine in the extra session. Joining us now is Mackenzie Pulsifer, one of the stars of the late game scenario for BYU yesterday. Mackenzie, welcome to the show. How are you feeling after one of the more <laughs> stressful wins you'll ever experience? Feeling good. We're still here, so that's a good sign. Um, just had a team breakfast, so... We're excited to still be in the running for this. What's for breakfast? You know, just the usual eggs and some meat, I guess. Eggs and meats. <laughs> like, a, like a steak? What are we talking about here? Uh, a ham? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Get, get some protein. That's good. Oh, good yeah. stuff. Mackenzie, you guys were down 21-3 to yesterday. What in the first quarter? What was the conversation like at that point to try and fuel the comeback? Um, you know, wake up. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, you know, it was one of those things where you look at the score and really easy to panic. Um, I thought our assistant coaches did a really good job of kind of keeping us positive. Um, as a team, I think we were we were a bit frustrated, but not a frustration that we were going to give up in any way. It was kind of a mind blown. We got a 
we got to wake up, get things done. Um, and the, the whole lead was kind of done on our part as far as turning the ball over, uh, not executing on offense. And so they were all things that we were able to, you know, fix and stop. It wasn't like we weren't doing, they were doing anything special. So um, having that mindset and just focusing on the fact that it was something that we could change kind of kept us going uh, minute by minute and allowed us to chip away at it. Yeah, you slowly climb back up that mountain, take your first lead with five minutes and change to play in the fourth quarter. Down by three, the uh, end of regulation, and it looked like the play to tie the game potentially was drawn up for you, but they double-teamed you, leaving Cassie Broadhead open. What was the plan with under 20 seconds to play down three? Yeah, we uh, had a... So I I took point um, and then was going to do a handoff with Cassie into an immediate flare by Kalani and for me in the corner, but that corner spot was definitely also a trapping spot. I think they read into that fine, and Kalani gave me a good outlet to get the ball out of the corner. And um, on their double team, they left Cassie wide open, and so she nailed that three, and she's done that before in the season, and uh, she did it again. (laughs) If she doesn't hit that three, you probably lose that game. And I know that she wasn't 100%. What kind of performance was that from Cassie Broadhead after – losing her front tooth last Saturday, and I know that's affected her quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, she she definitely is a fighter, and uh, she's a clutch player. And, you know, n- no matter what she was going through physically, mentally, um, she really she did a good job of doing what needed to be done um, to, to win the game. And, you know, whether it was – you know, being reserved at one point and then coming out alive at another point. I mean, she did exactly what we needed and um, has done for us this whole season. So, you know, kudos to her. Give her the golden star for for fighting through all of that and nailing that shot under pressure is huge. You were 0 for 5 from the three-point line at one point, but then late picked it up and hit a huge outside shot made some big free throws, got inside the lane a couple of times for some layups. What changed for you and gave you the confidence that you needed after, you know, what was not a great offensive performance up to that point? Yeah, um, all the shots that I'd taken previously were drawing kicks. Uh, I felt I was rushing it a little bit. Um, players flying out, they were definitely playing close. Um, the shot that I made my first three on was a play that we drew up and, um, you know, anytime I can shoot a shot in a in a play setup, there's kind of a confidence behind that because it's something you know I practice constantly. Um, the timing of it's there, so it definitely just helped kind of make the basket basket was a little bit bigger. <laughs> kind of got got me going, and and then just knowing you know I wasn't I wasn't hitting shots the way they're guarding me. They they did a good job, um, so I figured the way they were calling the game, I would try and draw some fouls and. In the paint, and I have I have that advantage a little bit just because they play me so closely. Um, it's a little bit easier to maybe drive it on someone because they're not sagging off. So, um, yeah, I was just willing to do whatever I could to make that basket feel like it was a little bit bigger than it was feeling at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie, uh, Jeff Judkins, your head coach, is famous for his analogies, some of which make sense. Uh, can you share <laughs> the cat analogy oh. he made from the press conference yesterday with everybody? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't think anyone can explain the cat analogy. <laughs> um, I think what he's getting at is 
if someone warns you that something's going to happen and you know it's going to happen, you know, that's about all I got out of that. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> said something all like, it's, is, it's like a cat is... Maybe, but maybe I, he was watching cartoons with his grandson and there was like a black cat. I don't know. <laughs> the black cat behind yeah. the garbage can. Yeah. I You won. You're yeah, hey, you won. That's all that matters. You won. You know, it's classic Jenny. Fantastic stuff. Hey, Mackenzie, we appreciate you joining us uh, after a very exciting and stressful game, I'm sure, for you. Congratulations moving on, and good luck uh, against St. Mary's on Monday. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mackenzie Pulsifer. Boy, she hit some big shots down the stretch and uh, really kind of drove that dagger home in, in overtime. And when that three went through, it was like, you know, so much pressure is off of her shoulders and the entire BYU team because another score was there. Yeah, that was big for per diem for us as well, I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's go. Yeah. Per diem for Woo! the win. Next on BYU Sports Nation, Associate Head Coach Tim Lacombe joins us to preview the BYU-LMU basketball matchup. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting live from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. This is a Saturday special because we're at the West Coast Conference. Heck yeah, man, and there's big big games today, including BYU-LMU coming up at 4 Eastern time. Uh, then Santa Clara, San Francisco. We've got a doubleheader today. Bridge show, halftime shows, two games. It's going to be awesome. Hang with us coming up at 4 Eastern time. Which BYU team do you expect to show up today against the Lions of LMU as they open up quarterfinal play at Twiggear Stone? Says, focus. Two previous close wins remind team that they cannot take this game lightly. BYU women's basketball should also be a reminder. Hey, true that, man. Down 18. Just don't go down 21-3 to or 18-2, to right? Yeah. Earlier today, Tim Lacombe joined us to preview the game, taking time out of his busy schedule. What does he think about the Lions? And what's the biggest challenge about getting your team ready after an emotional win against Gonzaga? But first and foremost, we had to follow up with his band reuniting, right? Tim, how's your band, the Party Hounds Comeback Tour, coming along? Uh, We are... Man, we made some major progress. Uh, <laughs> haven't been able to have time to get it out to the world yet, but <laughs> uh, we're actually getting together in May for a couple of days to do some studio stuff, and then um, I think we're actually going to play play a show sometime in in Dallas in August. So no kidding! Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's exciting. It's exciting. It's fun, and like I literally haven't talked to some of these guys for fifteen years, twenty years, and. Um, you know, it's been kind of fun to have the tech string going with all of them and kind of planning it out. It's going to be fun. The tour will hit Vegas at some point, right? Well, you know, only if uh, only if we're well received in Dallas. You know? <laughs> but, but I highly doubt I highly doubt it'll do much more than that. It's kind of a one time thing, but uh, it's probably more for us than anybody else. So it's going to be fun. Tim yeah. Lacombe, the uh, men's basketball associate head coach, man of many talents. Yeah, and that's how it starts. You don't expect it to, you know, end up in Vegas, but the Backstreet Boys are here. You know, that's that's just what it is. Hey, what's that's right. what's the vibe of the team this week as you beat number one Saturday, huge emotional high, and now you prepare for an LMU team that's kind of an interesting matchup. It it is a really interesting matchup. I think the mindset of the guys has been really good. Um, you know, we it's unique because we haven't had basically you consider this almost like a bye week you know uh we haven't had a deal where 
you go Monday to Saturday without playing a game for a long time. And so um, we were able to kind of get uh, our guys uh, a little bit of rest early in the week and some recovery. Uh, we did some skill work with them and and were able to kind of work individually with their games. And then, you know, we got right on the task of, of Loyola. They are... Um, they, they've given us, you know, difficulty both times we played them. Their place, we were, we were really fortunate to win. Kind of uh, grabbed, grabbed it late, and then at our place, they gave us a great game. And um, they're a good team. They they pose a lot of issues for us. And uh, so, our mindset and focus has been all about just uh, doing what we have to do to be successful against this team. Dave Rose told the media earlier this week he felt like this BYU team lacked some intensity in practice and needed. Uh, that needed to be successful in a tournament setting. How has that changed as you have continued through practice and as the week has progressed towards Vegas? I think that um, early in the week, and, you know, a lot can be said early in the week anyway because it's unique. With BYU, it's unique. You take, uh, you play a Saturday, you take a Sunday completely off. You don't meet, you don't get together, you don't watch films. So the first time you interact with the guys is, is on Monday. And so I think there's almost like a natural... Um, you know, malaise to the group after Sunday that we typically work through. And so as the week's gone on, um, our focus and, and our attention to detail and everything has been really good. I think our guys, uh, as of last night when we met, were in a great spot. I think they know the task that's at hand. And, you know, in order to be really successful down here in Vegas and in, in any tournament, you've got to play and get through the first game. Um, you know, you've got to play through tough things. You've got to play through adversity. You've got to play through some crazy stuff, and, and then you've got to make things happen for, for good. So um, it's it's exciting because a lot of these guys haven't experienced the, the conference tournament, and I think that as the week's gone on, they've progressively, you know, gotten a, a better understanding of what this is all going to be about. Tim, both games the Lions were decided by eight or less. One included an 18-point comeback, the largest comeback in the regular season for Dave Rose team last 12 years. So what does LMU do that requ- that requires your attention? Um, a couple different things. I think the first thing that I'd point out is they're probably one of uh, probably one of the best teams uh, against us at at turning us over. Um, you know, they're they're a team that not only trying to uh, get you to miss but literally take the ball from you. Uh, and so they do a great job of disguising particularly post um, situations, you know, where the help's coming from. Uh, and then dribble drives and things, they'll just, you know, they'll leave the guy on the strong side and just come and take the ball from you. So it's a little bit different look and a little bit more aggressive in that regard. Uh, I think it's one of the best things that they do. Um, they also are, are a pretty dynamic offensive team in terms of game to game. It's it's a really hard scout. It's a hard scout because they, they change and add and still lead a lot of offense. So day-to-day, the schemes can be, you know, you can see certain pieces that are similar, but then they add a lot of different things game to game. And so um, I think those two things make that a really unique game. Not only are the Lions a challenge for you matchup-wise, but now you play in the opening game on Saturday, 1 p.m. local time tip-off. What are the biggest challenges of playing that first game in the afternoon compared to where you're used to playing in prime time? Um, well, I think the first thing is is literally here in this tournament, you don't get any time on the court prior to playing. You get, they give you an hour 
before you play. So we have not practiced in this building, um, and and I think that's a little bit unique um, for for any conference tournament. I, every conference I've been a part of, you've gotten into the arena, so that one's a little bit unique. Um, and and then just the early, you know, we luckily we played some early games this year, so we're we're accustomed to it. But what we tried to do with practice um, yesterday and Friday was replicate our day exactly so you know breakfast we get them up eat eat breakfast and uh and then we actually went over and practiced um at centennial high school at one o'clock so they've kind of lived this day already you know in a sense um we just haven't been able to get in the gym the head coach of centennial noah hartsock so yeah the connection there is awesome that's great what's the most challenging thing tim about beating number one and then having to play another game the next week i think it's the periphery um i think you go through a season and uh i i really do believe that particularly with our players and the people that surround the program everybody's uh so invested in you know your success and your lack of success that um you know if i think if you could sequester everybody in a room for you know five six months and just you know you, you'd be the only voice in their head um, you know that it, it would be different, but I think with just like success um, and excuse me, just like failure, you know, success can be a little bit divisive because uh, I think our guys walked around for a few days here, and everybody, you know, thinks that what they did, which, you know, was the greatest thing in the world. It was it was obviously a great accomplishment, but the way we look at it, we have a lot more to do, um, and so I think that just mentally and um, you know. The creature comforts <laughs> of this uh, situation; those are the things that you try to, uh, you know, as a coach, you try to be aware of, and you try to do the best you can in practice to make sure these guys stay focused and know that what happened, you know, just like if we lost a game, you know, it's the next play, it's the next game, um, that we are now on to this next task, and and this is where all our focus should be. Whenever you're done coaching, I think you need to be a basketball psychologist at some point, Tim, with all of that logic on it, because it all makes sense, and I think you could help a lot of people that way. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that's not for a long time, but uh, <laughs> that's if, after you guys the archive, band. if you archive this clip, I'll use it as a, uh, as a reference. <laughs> <laughs> You've won three in a row on the road, including that big win against uh, then number one ranked Gonzaga. What changed for this team and sparked them away from the Marriott Center? Because that was the huge concern for much of the season, and those are the words of uh, head coach Dave Rose. Yeah, um, I think that we, you know, we've had some highs and lows during the season, but I think the, the weekend of the St. Mary's game at home was a really kind of a, a really low point for the team. Um, and I think that we went out on the road the next week with an absolute um purpose you know to go out and beat portland that was the the entire mindset and all of the other stuff that enters you know your mind was totally for whatever reason our guys did a great job of just sectioning out everything and focusing on winning that game thursday and then as part of winning that game and the way that we did it um i think we shared the ball as well as we shared it uh, i think that Reads were made, and then shots were made, and confidence came from from Thursday night. Um, and then, you know, the Saturday game against Gonzaga was a really unique deal because, literally, 
no one in the country thought, you know, in the basketball, college basketball world thought we were going to win the game. And so we had a real advantage to just kind of hunker down and use, you know, all that, um, you know, basically to get our guys to feel like, hey, we've got no pressure. Let's just go in there and do what we, what we best we can do and let the chips fall where they may and obviously played great. So I, I think we, we have come off an unbelievable week, um, you know, from a basketball standpoint. But I think we've moved, like these, this group of guys, I think we moved them forward a notch in terms of their progression. And that's been the hard thing about the season is we've got a lot of guys who have never done this before. And there really is no substitute for actually going out there and get and competing and feeling what it's like day to day and game to game, uh, practice to practice. So I do believe we've moved this thing along, and um, I'm excited, you know, to see where 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 we can take it. BYU basketball associate head coach, Party Hounds rock star, and future sports psychologist Tim Lacombe bringing the heat on game day. Yeah. Coach, thanks for the time. We appreciate it uh, on your busy schedule. Uh, great to always great always to be with you guys. Thank you. Tim Lacombe on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Calling it how it is. Tough matchup, but yeah. hopeful for the best. And beating Gonzaga isn't all uh, all everything great. You have to refocus after that win, especially with a young group. Hard to do that with a young team bringing them back down to earth, but BYU will try and do that. Coming up. We preview today's BYU-LMU game. Final thoughts on that and where you can watch it. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation, as was just announced, and it's time to do what, Jerem? Promote the next game. There you go. For Eastern time, BYU and LMU right here on BYU TV, BYU Radio as well. If you missed our show, we previewed it. We've given you our going for two picks. Associate head coach Tim McComb was on the show. Gregor Bell gave us all the pertinent stats associated with the game. So great information from everybody. I'm very excited about this. BYU coming off a big win against Gonzaga. What team will show up today against LMU? Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. And you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to a couple of BYU athletes. Brock Hale of the BYU Baseball Batcats. Grand Slam last night. And McKenna Bull, who is the new career strikeout leader for BYU. She has 805 passing page Affleck at 803. Congrats to both. Yeah, good job to both of those athletes. Our elite tweet of the day answering which BYU basketball team will show up today against LMU at Jelly Belly Kelly says somewhere between the one who played Portland at home and the one that played Portland on the road. Yep, one of those two. Thanks to Gregor Bell, Mackenzie Pulse for Tim McComb and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Bug Eggertson.